Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Oh hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about the Room Minute Forty Three. In which Denny dreams of being normal, and Michelle might be the only human in the whole movie. This minute begins, of course, with Denny and Johnny talking about Elizabeth, a conversation that is not in the original script. Well, that's the idea. That's the idea. Well, because of course, in the original script,、uh, Denny is not、uh, Denny, and so he doesn't have a girlfriend. Yeah, I just,、um, I mean, when I watched this minute by itself at first, I, I was pretty sure they were talking about Lisa still. <laughs> I remembered this scene, and I was like, "This is all、oh、a very confusing reaction、uh, from Johnny." So I had to go back and watch it, and then that just opened up more questions, like, "Who the hell's Elizabeth?" Well, also in the previous, like, this conversation started because Denny told him that he has feelings for Lisa, so it does、yeah. apply. He's very fickle. He, I think,、yeah. I think Denny just loves everyone.、Mm-hmm. He's just in love with everyone. Yeah, he doesn't just like to watch; he also likes to love. It does explain a lot of his. Behavior throughout the film, I think <laughs> he's a love addict. Yeah, he's a lover, not a fighter. Where Lisa seems to maybe have a sex addiction, Danny just has a love addiction. Oh, what addiction does、uh, Johnny have?、Mm. The help, he just to helping. Yeah, he's just addicted to helping. Johnny, good guy.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs>、uh, so Danny, of course.、Um, We've already talked about the possibility that Elizabeth and Betty are the same person, so we'll skip that for now. What matters here is in Philip Aldman's comic, we do see Elizabeth. She is someone he met in the library at school at、uh, the community college where he's attending. Is she Canadian by any chance? I wish you could meet my girlfriend, but you can't because she is in Canada. I love her, I miss her, I can't wait to kiss her. So soon I'll be off to Alberta. I'm in Vancouver. Shit, her name is Alberta. She lives in Vancouver. She's my girlfriend, my wonderful girlfriend. Yes, I have a girlfriend who lives in Canada. Um, <laughs> they they don't say. Oh, okay. But he is um trying to essentially turn his relationship in with Elizabeth into the same as Tommy's, Johnny's, and Lisa's. That's why he didn't have the money for Chris R. Is he bought Elizabeth? A red dress that's just like Lisa. Wow,、uh, he needs some better role models, I think. But yeah, yeah. Well, if they let him watch, he'd know how many problems they have. But they、that's, keep kicking him out. That's probably true. Yeah, it's Johnny's fault. Yeah, I do like his his offer to help. You are very welcome, Danny. And keep in mind, if you have any problems, talk to me, and I will help you.、Uh, you know, just come talk, and I'll help you.、Mm-hmm. What I do want to know is: is this conversation considered help? Like. Is he helping with this conversation on the rooftop? Well, he did get him to move past his feelings for Lisa. To I don't know if they're realistic, but for plans of a future with Elizabeth. So yeah, I think it helped. All right, I'll buy that. Although Lisa will be available at the end of the film, so Denny could just go right back to her. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Now, 
in the original placement, this conversation comes immediately after the scene on the roof with Chris R. And so that is why Johnny instead suggests that Denny is, or Billy, is starving, not that Johnny is. He thinks he might be hungry because he just had this big, like, adrenaline-fueled near-death experience, you know? That's why they're going to go get some food. It seems like that would have been an easy bit to cut out in the rewrite. I, I mean, there's a lot of things in this movie that would have been easy to cut out, but oh yeah, then it you know wouldn't have been very long. So I I'm I should mention this on the show so I can make sure I'm forced to do it. I've been toying with re-editing the film somewhere near the end of this and putting my version online because there are whole sequences you can just cut. Yeah. And then if you re-edit a few parts toward the beginning, closer to the original script, Lisa won't seem so horrible mm. and it might actually seem more tragic even rather than just funny well, this, at the end. The conversation with Michelle and Lisa, is this the, well, I, from the beginning of the movie, I'm not sure where, what count we're at currently, but I mean, she does confess her love to Mark to pretty much anyone who will listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so th- I think this is the second time, maybe? Well, she's told her mother that she doesn't love Johnny anymore. Oh, right. Okay. So that she said that there's someone else. Right. Right. But it, it does get repeated. I mean, she makes it clear. So, I mean, you could oh, yeah. probably pick the most effective telling of that and cut it to just one. And I mean, what would your target length be for an edit of the room? Uh, well, I don't know what my target length is. Uh, from what I've thought about what could be removed, I think it's going to be a lot shorter than it is here. Like, uh, I think what right now it's close an hour and 40 minutes, I think. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think it'd be more like just somewhere between an hour, hour 20, mm. because there are whole scenes that don't need to be here and the point is still made and there are characters you can completely remove. Yeah. And it may, you could, Almost turned into a short film that's like 30, 40 minutes, but there, it might be hard to get that edit and make it make sense. Yes, I think if making sense is, is one of your keys to editing the room. That would be my goal, yes. Yeah, yeah. Is to produce something that makes sense and is, I don't want to say better, but is better? <laughs> yeah, tighter. Let's just say tighter. Tighter is good, yeah. Tighter. Yeah. There's a lot of filler. Yes. Like, Lisa has had... At this point, three conversations with her mother, right? Or is it two? I forget now. It, that's the problem is they, they're all very similar. And so if you could cut out one of them or two of them. Or all of them. Cut out a sexy, not, not all of them. You gotta include Carolyn Minot. She's amazing. You gotta keep her. Do you leave in the cancer revelation or cut it? No, cut it. I would only leave in the cancer revelation if there was footage somewhere of <laughs> Johnny talking about the cancer, but there right. isn't. That's no. that's in the script, but it's not in the film. And so probably, yeah, cut that. All right. You definitely have to include every time that Claudette talks about the men in her life, though, because that tells you where Lisa is coming from and how she was brought up. Yeah. Hmm. Good. I like that idea. And when she's saying, like, marry Johnny, he's rich, I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing. Right. You have to know what these people are telling Lisa. What you don't need a lot are what people are telling, say, Mark. Because, like, you could probably cut Peter out of the film entirely. Sorry to the guy playing Peter. <laughs> but we don't need Mark's perspective. We need, I think we talked about this in a very a much earlier episode, how this movie would be a lot, again, better is not quite the word, but is the word. If it was from Lisa's perspective and not Johnny's. Because then the tragedy is her decision leads to the stability in her life being gone. Yeah. And Johnny's point of view doesn't make a lot of sense. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, she's the primary actor. Uh, well, I, we, we get that a lot from, from the conversation with Michelle, right? They, mm-hmm. she walks us through her two main motivations, right? To, to run this scam on Johnny of the, uh, domestic abuse. Yeah. And, uh, and then also her desire to run up with Mark. So I don't. One thing I wish I could include in an edit is something that actually implies that maybe Johnny did it to her. Hmm. Because aside from the movie doesn't show it, we don't know that he didn't, you know, he did get oh. drunk and he doesn't normally drink. So who knows what he did? He... I mean, we know that they had sex after that because that's how the film was edited, but that sex scene doesn't exist. It was created out of the first one. He is very Frankenstein like. Uh, so you could get that, uh, you know, I've accidentally plucked more petals than I intended to sort of scene where, where Frankenstein hits Lisa. So yeah, it it could happen. Yeah. Then it would take serious visual effects of like chopping him out of one scene where he's like fighting with Mark and like green screening him into a scene with Lisa and it'd get complicated. So this essentially her saying that he hit her has to be a lie no matter what. And so or at least a question, right? Yeah. And but I'd want to keep in Michelle anyway, and Michelle's the one who reacts the best to it. Yeah. I think my note for that reaction is that that may be the best acting in the entire film. Oh, well, yeah. Michelle is awesome. Yeah. This this is a great scene. Now, getting into the scene itself, this is arguably Lisa's least flattering scene because She's wearing that halter top, which, while it seems kind of cool, doesn't quite fit her very well. And she's sitting at a weird angle. And I'll get to it later with notes from a midnight screening. Uh, it makes her neck do something strange. <laughs> Specifically, I looked it up. It is the sternocleidomastoid, I guess is what the tendon is called. Uh keeps popping out when she talks. All right. But it's, I mean... The the midnight audiences hate Lisa, so of course they're right. going to latch onto it. But it's not her fault that she had to sit at a weird angle for this scene. It's Johnny or Tommy telling her to do that. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not only her worst like physical representation. I think this is maybe like the the worst of her in the whole. Oh yeah, movie. I mean, right? The- yeah, that was the the rest of my note here is that she's trying. This is her justifying her cheating and lying about Johnny hitting her all in one scene. Yeah. So it, it, in a way, it actually makes sense that she wouldn't look good in this scene either, like physically, because this is Lisa at her most monstrous. Yeah. And again, you have to make that question is how much of that is intentional? That is the question. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that question come up a lot on this podcast. So with, with this film, it's hard to tell because hard to tell. you also have a question of who actually told her to wear that outfit. Possibly no one. It might have just been all they had available. Who told her to sit like that? Possibly no one. You know, maybe someone told Michelle to lay on the couch and be really comfortable. So we know that she's comfortable here, even though we've already seen her have sex here. So clearly she's comfortable. Or start to have sex here. <laughs> yes, she's clearly comfortable on this couch. <laughs> she and that couch, they go back. But it's also possible they filmed this scene first. And so it was like, Michelle, you're really comfortable here. And she laid down and they're like, Lisa's or Juliet's like, well, I guess I'll sit on the floor. Which is fine. Yeah, I mean, to to get them both in the, I don't know what you call that shot, where there's like an over-the-shoulder shot from both yeah. sides. Well, and Lisa does look like she's comfortable. Yeah. You know, just hanging out on the floor, leaning against the couch. She honestly looks a little more comfortable than Michelle, because I, I mean, Michelle's got the, the tall boots and the, like, slit skirt, and that yeah. doesn't seem like the position you'd hang out in 
in that outfit, but I don't really know. <laughs> now, in the original script, uh, they have just gotten back from shopping, of course, because women be shopping. <laughs> Lisa offers Michelle a drink and then goes, uh, she actually gives a list of what they have, so they don't just have scotchka and this apparent wine they're drinking here. They got vodka, brandy, rum, tequila, applejack, vermouth, cognac, gin, and the whiskeys. Bourbon, scotch, rye, and Canadian. Are they alcoholics? And Lisa recommends... <laughs> well, we have suggested the other room is not a kitchen. It's a storage of alcohol and chairs. So, yeah. <laughs> and she suggests I would go with the rum because it's 100, 151 proof. Do you think she made some sort of rum wine spritzer with this? Because I, <laughs> I know that's how she mixes her drinks. So Yeah. And then Michelle says, hit me with a double. And they together they say, let's get this party started. And we get into the conversation that we see does explain the overly full wine glasses. Yeah. Yeah. They're having a good time. Yeah. That's girl talk, right? And Michelle asks about Johnny because everyone cares about Johnny. So how's Johnny? And she gets the the first bit of bad news is that... He didn't get his promotion. You know, and everyone's sad. Well, he's disappointed for sure. Yeah. Oh, is he disappointed? She asks. Lisa answers... Quite a bit. He got drunk last night. And he hit me. Now, this is the second person she has told that Johnny hit her. And this time it actually feels more like she meant to say it. But that's probably because she already said it once. She knows this is the lie she's running with, so she's going to do it. I think Lisa's telling, like, from the very beginning of this conversation, I her demeanor is, like, um, an, uh, well, I mean, she's angry about what has happened to her. And she's going to confess this and unload it, right? I mean, and I think that comes across well in her demeanor. So even though, you know, the character of Lisa is is viewed terribly here, I think that the acting is done well for the most part. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's some some (laughs) there's some little bits of it where I mean, just her face kind of bugs me and her, her her delivery is is a little flat in parts. But I think that the anger comes through the the anger that she's playing up i should say yeah. right it it comes through uh, juliet is not always the best actor in this film but here playing off michelle and repeating the lie that we've already heard it comes across more believable than before mm. and maybe partly yeah cuz she is this is lisa is getting farther into her anger at her life like she's stuck with johnny for now wants to be with mark who knows how that will go but right now, she, as she'll say later, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, you know. Correction. It was earlier. Minute 14. I'm going to do what I want to do, and that's it. And the only way she knows right now to get out of it is this lie. I'm not sure exactly what she thinks it's going to get her. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why the confession to Michelle, well, why she goes from the domestic abuse lie to the confession of her love for Mark that quickly, right? Like what, what yeah. does the abuse hope to move forward? You know, what, what plot is she moving forward by telling that to Michelle when she's just going to spill her guts anyway? Right. It would make more sense if she told more people. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it's like, she's the whole setup is Johnny's this great guy and everybody loves him. And then gradually she turns each one of them against him. Lisa's not that complicated a character, unfortunately. Right, she doesn't use that as the escape hatch. Yeah. She's already halfway out the door when she says, oh, and by the way, you know, he hit me. Or three quarters of the way out the door. Which also is a change from early, like the script, in that 
the night they got drunk is before she cheats on him in the script. Mm. And so I don't know where this lie would have come. Is it, this might still be before she talks, before she has sex with Mark. Her conversation with her mother was when she tells her mother that Johnny hit her, that's before she meets with Mark in the script. Uh. And so she still hasn't cheated on him. So it's a different level of manipulation that Lisa is going for. But I still don't know what the lie gets her. So from the, the script, the infidelity hasn't happened at the onset of the, of the film. Yeah. From the script at this, uh, well, I don't know about this conversation, but the conversation she had with her mother where she told her that Johnny hit her came between her calling Mark and Mark coming over. And so it was like in the middle of this process of the, the actual infidelity that the lie came out. This would be, I guess, later, either way. Yeah, it's, uh, either way, it doesn't make a, a ton of sense to, to do it in this order, but. Yeah. Well, this order makes Lisa look Bad. awful because she's doing this seemingly without any planning. It's just a lie came out. She's running with it. She's already cheated on him. She already wants to get away from him. And now she's just gonna tell someone else because why not? Michelle, uh, does transition very quickly from concerned friend about her, her friend who's in a domestic abuse situation to, um, a gossip. Yeah. You know, no one, no one seems to really care all that much. I did sort of note that like when she says he hit you, she looks at Lisa like she's looking for a bruise or something. <laughs> you know, she's, she's got a little bit of a, I'm, I'm concerned for you for yeah. these but next I'm few stressed. seconds. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, but then the script essentially. Basically, Tommy is treating this potential abuse, say it actually happened, as something that is probably excusable if he got drunk. So it makes the lie even weirder because in the script, Michelle says, he hit you. How did that happen? And then Lisa says he got drunk and didn't know what he was doing. In the film, she still says he didn't know what he was doing. But it's like, why is Lisa telling the lie if she's going to try to excuse it immediately thereafter? Yeah. It's either... Extra high level manipulation or really screwed up bad planning by someone who is flailing. Yeah, flailing sounds about right. And so at the end of this minute, you get, I love where it cuts off for us in this format because Michelle is about to react. And it's like, if we just saw this minute, we could think she's about to say like, we'll go call the police, you know, file yeah. charges, get away from him. Pack a bag. I'm taking you away tonight. We don't know where this is going to go yet. Yeah. And so it's a nice little ending. It makes Michelle feel like a really concerned friend and <laughs> Robin Paris is acting great. And we'll find out on uh, Wednesday what, what she actually does. But I like that contained. It feels like something it's maybe going to be a bigger deal. Yeah. It does have that look. And uh, as it, it gets to the end, we are, I am sort of judging her by future actions that we theoretically haven't seen. Yeah. So. All I can see now is the neck thing. <laughs> oh, you're going to love the next part then. Because it's time for notes from a midnight screening. And we all know how the midnight audiences love Lisa. They adore her. Big, fat, oh, yeah. evil her. Lisa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> notes from a midnight screening. When Johnny says, let's go eat, huh? The audience says, huh? Along with him. Uh, and Johnny and uh, Denny go into the little uh, outhouse staircase thing that doesn't go anywhere. Someone, <laughs> someone in the audience, the last one, yelled out, 
Oh, Tenarnia! We get a we get a transition shot of Alcatraz, and so of course the audience yells "water" because they're obsessed. They keep telling people to stack the boxes because <laughs> behind Michelle are those crooked little wicker boxes. And it was funny because it was multiple people around the audience just like, "Stack the boxes, stack the, please stack the boxes." And then Lisa talks. She says quite a bit. The audience screams. Ah! He got drunk last night. Ah! And he hit me. Ah! And they're not responding to the horrible thing she's saying. They're responding to the exact timing of that neck protrusion. <laughs> and then He didn't know what he was doing. The audience screams one more time, and they will keep screaming into the next minute every time Lisa talks. I'm surprised the audience doesn't have any questions about who Elizabeth is, honestly. They do, but that came before. Oh, it did. Okay. Oh, you're yeah. right. You're right. It was before this minute. Because her name was in the previous minute. Yeah, you're right. And they're like, who? I don't know. Yeah. So I haven't, uh, I, I've seen, the only times I've seen The Room until preparation for this podcast was audience participation screenings. Oh. The, uh, the music box in Chicago used to show it as one of their quarterly rotation of midnight movies. And the first time I saw it, there was not very much audience participation, and I didn't know it was an audience participation movie going into it, mm-hmm. um, so I was totally unprepared. And then later on, they, it seemed like they, they had a lot more. And from listening to this podcast, I can tell that there's been even more since the last time I saw it. So it's well, yeah. the The first audience participation I went to was a full house because Tommy was there, and yeah. the theater where it plays monthly in Westwood is right by UCLA, so you get drunken college students. Every month at the screening. And when it's a full house, there is a lot of audience participation. It gets very noisy. There are spoons everywhere. It's wonderful. (laughs) Any other notes for minute 43? I don't think I have anything uh, other than, you know, just sadness at the departure of Tommy's good, sorry, Johnny's good reputation. Yeah, because we know Michelle's probably a gossip, so she's going to tell. Yeah, everyone's going to know. Maybe that's why she's repeating the lie. She's just hoping Michelle will spread it. She doesn't want to involve the cops. She just wants to turn everyone slowly against Because she's John. evil. Yeah. Well, and she <laughs> can't confess her own secrets, apparently, to, to the public. So she's got to spread them to the biggest gossips she knows. Yeah. Her mother, Michelle. Well, she she tried with her mother, and her mother immediately changed the subject. Oh, yeah, right. So she tells Michelle. And we'll see how what she does next time. In the meantime, David... Uh, if the listeners want to hear more from you, where can they do so? Sure. Um, I, I don't have my own proper podcasts up yet. They're, they're still coming because, uh, in the tradition of movies by minutes, I'm, I'm preparing too much, maybe. I don't know who knows. <laughs> um, so I've got both, uh, rock and roll high school minute, uh, and edge of tomorrow minute on deck. And so hopefully yeah. both of those will be coming up shortly. So. So he's not the wrong when people make it fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!